Rose. This is Nicole. Um, last week, we were joined by our friend Kelly, who um, uh, we're really excited to have her. She's really made religion her life's work. And last week, we were talking a little bit about her journey and um, just sharing some interesting things about herself and her experiences and what led her to be where she is today. And this week, we are continuing that. So uh, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you should probably listen to last week's episode first, just because this conversation is a continuation of that. So um, great. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Nicole. Hi, Evie. Hey, Callie. Hi, Kelly. Hey, how are you? Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to the queers. I just cheers to water bottle on my table. God, I gotta get more prepared for that. (laughs) You really, you know, I actually almost forgot my water glass, and then I thought about you, Nicole. Yes, and I thought I can't disappoint people. That's Nicole's job. (laughs) (laughs) That did that was a twist. I thought that was going in a different direction. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was just something nice, but uh, that's fair. Maybe I should just go go back to my tin can where I was last you might, week. You might should. <laughs> you could barely hear me. Um, I thought you were gonna say something nice. Uh, I will say something nice. Whenever I come to Evie's house to record, she always has my water ready. Now we've had this discussion for like a year now about the ice cube. I don't quite understand, but it is very very hard for her to not put an ice cube in my drink. Because I don't understand sipping warm beverages. It's super weird. I mean, outside of, like, coffee or, like, intentionally hot beverages. Water, room temperature. It's just, ew. I feel like she's probably hoping that the ice cube melts before you get there. But she knows, like, I totally cooled this water down. It's just the thing. We have the discussion every single week. And for a while, these medium-sized ice cube ball things that 1000% almost choked me every time (laughs) well and then I did try like melting the ice cubes down a little bit for her at some point that's it it would have been simple no ice I love it but the best part is is that that time when I did that was the time where I thought she was coming over to record and we were actually recording remotely (laughs) oh Oh, yeah we had had some confusion there for a couple weeks so (laughs) Gosh. I didn't prepare with a drink at all, but I do have a vitamin water. So, cheers. 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 I have How a beer in hand. Beer in hand. Then you're ready. How you're ready to touch is- God. That's right. Third time's a charm. How was your week? <laughs> <laughs> have you said that before? Three times. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> I guess I meant it for all of us. How was your week for the fourth time? <laughs> Callie, why don't you start? How was your week? Um, my week has been pretty good. Uh, just work. I mean, nothing too crazy. Nothing real out of the ordinary. I worked, um, a lot. The weekend was just doing a lot of stuff around the house. And, yeah, just heading out to the beginning of the new week. 
Nothing crazy. I've had a pretty good week, though. Headed out to the new week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Best answer ever. My week is great. It goes right into the next week. <laughs> yep. Yep. We're, oh, I mean, we're on Tuesday already. So I mean, it's kind of like it happens every week like that. It's so. No. It's like this weird cyclical thing. I don't even know how it happens. <laughs> yeah. Like calculators. I don't. Don't get going. <laughs> Calculators, light bulbs, I hear it all the time now. I, you know, I got it. I get it. Hey, those are legit questions in life. I know. I you still don't just come across it. the answers. Why Why do they know that? I don't think you come across the answers unless you find God. Right? Ooh, good segue. Although we're, you're Speaking a little early. I am a little early. <laughs> well, but, since nobody asked about my week, I'll tell you guys. I, I actually just want to ask... I went hiking. I'm very, I just wanted to say it. I'm so proud of myself. So I really just wanted to tell everybody that I went hiking. Well, you know, I had a situation where I had to rescue a friend from a car that they were locked in. Okay. Now, oh my gosh. <laughs> now listen. That listen. Here's the thing. And you know, you saw, you came out there. It was not opening, right? <laughs> Okay, Ro, this is, goes out to you. Uh, Ro and Jess, I love you both. And uh, our good friend did allow me to use her car, considering I'm getting mine fixed three times. The same thing never gets fixed. Um, so third time's a charm, hopefully. Actually, this is the fourth time, so fourth time's a charm. But um, so I was borrowing our friend's car, and it does not open from the inside. So I did have to call in assistance. I'm sorry. What was I going to do? It you was did the right pretty thing. fantastic. Yeah, I mean... I was happy to put on my paramedics jacket and come out there and save you, just like Joe Exotic. I went like, like no, everything went well. Like I not like I didn't fall. I didn't like like it was legit a a hiking experience, like in woods. That's so, amazing. A park rather, with a person who awesome. hikes like for real hikes. Like uh, lived in Alaska and um like did what do you do tours host tours coach tours host tours um for years she even okay. saw a on one of her hikes so it was legit so if your person please please can take that in consideration from now on my weekend plans will probably be hiking okay well i uh i had something kind of traumatic happen i got a black eye this week what O-M-G. what happened well, it turns out that I am a highly allergic person, which I knew. Oh. But when I was sanding down uh, some old paint spots in the room to prep the walls for painting, some of the old... What room? Pa- uh, the spare room. My bedroom? We- eventually, yes. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, so I was sanding it down, and some of it got into my eye, and within oh, minutes, man. I had this gigantic, what looked like this huge blood clot underneath my eye. Golly bomb. And it turns out it's called an allergic shiner. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds real 1800s shiner. Right? So you need to mess with Amos when you're in public. Well, oh, yeah. I, I, I've told everybody that I've seen, like, so Amy gave me a black eye. Right, naturally. Oh, I mean, and everybody looks very concerned. And I know, of course, intimate partner violence is not something to joke about. But if no, you know Amos, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> Eve would mop the floor with her. Don't or, tell Well, and she's a tender heart. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh my so, yeah. gosh. Well, you can get you can you can get a black eye from allergens just going into your eye. Hmm. Oh 
my god! I can't imagine how that hasn't happened to me yet. But well, I think this is a pretty severe allergen. It wasn't like you know, just like the usual cat hair or something. You know, where my eyes just, uh, you know, balloon up and like, you know, seep pus for days. Ew! Different. Gross. Gross. Yeah, you're welcome. Awesome. Um, All right. Well, on that note, let's talk about God. Right. Right? Yeah. So do you want to get to it? Okay, let's get to it. Okay. Last week we touched a bit on um, uh, reconciliation, which I think is a really important topic and I'm really excited to cover tonight. Um, Kelly, I really um, can't wait to hear what you have to say about that and how you uh, were able to reconcile you know, coming out and just different things with uh, church doctrines. And I know there are several, so I'm not trying to speak for old churches, but um, for me, that's what I've always struggled with. So uh, if you want to get a little bit, uh, excuse me, a little bit back into that, that would be great. Yeah. So I think that, you know, so I think when we left off last week, we were kind of talking about when I came out, which was also right after a divorce, et cetera, et cetera. So what it amounted to is at this point in my life, you know, I had spent literally my entire life in, in the church, involved in the church, you know, studying and doing, you know, all the right things. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, I, I was coming out, I was getting divorced and, you know, there's all these things, and it was kind of a really, it was a shock to me. The The feedback was a shock. I honestly didn't, I guess I was probably maybe a bit naive, you know, but I guess I had thought that the people who had literally raised me, you know, some of the people I had been with for 30 years, and I, and I, I I guess it came as quite a shock to me that all of a sudden I could go from, you know, being an intimate member of the group to an instant outcast, you know, when you don't look quite right or, or whatnot anymore. So that was, and that was really one of the biggest tests of my faith because I had to really look deeply internally in order to figure out what I believed about God and, and what I felt like was, it's, it's hard to, to say like what I felt was justified and what wasn't, you know, from the reaction. It it was a lot. It was, and, and all the while, you know, I've got three little toddlers in tow, you know, that I'm supposed to be teaching the right things and whatnot. So it was Um, definitely, Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, well, no, I just well, I was wondering, uh, did you stay a member of that church for no. some time after that, or did you kind of no. peace out pretty soon no, after? I didn't. Um, I remember, I remember very clearly being in a church service one day, and this was, you know, I was up there for some like a Mother's Day or Father's Day or something. I had come back home. And was just going to church with my parents, just because that's what we did on Sundays. And there was a part of the church service when the person who was speaking 
had gotten up and and I, I I can't even tell you what the context was of the sermon. I don't remember the sermon other than you know what he what he said at that moment. But he said, you know, if you're gay or you support anyone who is gay, then you're you know going to the bad place or whatever. Now, do you think that that was geared towards you because you had come out, or do you think know. that was? I I didn't really know. I didn't much care. I I felt like I was the only one that I knew of that that had this. Re- so I literally stood up, you know, shuffled through the pew to the middle aisle and looked at him, and then I turned around and walked out, and that was the last time I've ever stepped foot in that church. Oh wow. And it was hard, you know, these are literally the people, you know, I was raised in a community, you know, when, when you're in a church community, you're with those people a lot more than just a couple hours on Sunday, you know, and they're also the people that you're taught. These are the people you listen to. These are the, the people that will guide you through your life. And, you know, so it was a tough, that was a tough moment. Um, and Kelly, uh, just what, what, denomination was this again if you don't mind it was called um the church of god of the abrahamic faith okay which i don't even know how i would describe it now um it became a different church it the church split when i was sometime uh i guess trying to think of how old i was at some point the church split kind of like a lot of churches do I don't know if this is something you're but a lot of churches you know you'll you'll end up having a more liberal end of the church and a more conservative end of the church and those things don't line up forever when you're talking about Jesus's message that it doesn't you know people start to figure out that you're not supposed to hate people and the church will split. And, and that was just, that was one of my experiences. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. that, that yeah, that's cool. Awesome. So, it was um, hard. It was hard. But, so, but you're, but you're yeah. a, a strong help, but you managed to like hold on to your faith in yeah. spite of all of those things. So how did you yeah, like sure. maintain that? Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little you bit know, about that. I think that for me, you know, my faith has always been something that's been deeply personal, and it doesn't, and, and, and especially now in my life, not always when I was young, but especially even now, my faith doesn't really feel threatened by anyone around me. So, like... Not even me? <laughs> this is why I'm such good friends with Eve, you know, like, <laughs> and why I feel like we can joke, you know, whatever, like... It is a, it's a comfort to me. There are certain things that along the way, there's little pieces I picked up that made my faith really personal and it made it, and I don't know how this, um, you know, uh, um, for instance, and I, and I, I'll use this example for why, like how I turn the Christian faith is personal to me communion is something that is is common in the christian church you know for me i see it as 
medicine for the sick. I see it as a healing in a, hey, you're okay type of thing. Um, and I think that a lot of people have never had the, a lot of Christians have never had the freedom to feel that way. It's what, always. Oh, communion, just real quick. Communion just, is, is, it's a tradition. Okay. And in the Christian church. And, and here's what's crazy. And this is when I started studying world religions, when you describe this to say a Buddhist or a, a Muslim or a Hindu or someone, you know, anyone that isn't Christian, like this sounds crazy, but so Christ was crucified on the cross and he says, do this in remembrance of me, eat the bread and remember my body that was broken for you. And drink this cup, which was wine, and remember the blood I shed for you. So it's a, but like when you, oh, so you're like pretending you're eating the body and you're pretending you're drinking blood? Like, that sounds crazy. <laughs> you know, that was for me. It sounds kind of like a satanic ritual. It does. And so that for me is, you know, that's part of taking the lenses off. You know, when you you don't, why would you want to learn about Islam from a Christian? You need yeah. to learn about it from an, a Muslim. Like what, just like when you, you know, because if I were not a Christian, that I would, that's how I would describe that ritual. And that would sound like insane. Yeah. You know, so but I it, just but think, it's important to you as a Christian. It is in the, in the, um, you know, for me. So, uh, I, I, I could never reconcile a, a God who would, you know, bring you into the world and tell you how valuable you are and, and how like all these things and blah, 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 just to cast you out. You know, that never fit with me. Uh, my whole upbringing was always about there is a hell and there's people that are going to land there. Uh -huh. And I, I, through my entire life, I really struggled with that. So I struggled with why is that necessary? Why is, why would an all loving God who prefers mercy over justice why would that be the final solution? You know, so I guess, never. Sorry. Um, no, no, I'm no, just wondering, though, like if do you think that that might be like one of the major differences in sort of the more liberal and the more conservative wings of churches when they split off? Like some people see God as someone to fear and is like a punishing God versus um, the loving, merciful God that you sort of I th I think interpret. Uh, yeah I really do and I think that and I don't and what is difficult for me is it's difficult for me to understand the comfort in a god that you fear uh, other sure. than that is the most is, difficult thing in religion for me it is and but let me tell you when that's what you've been taught your whole life it feels like you're literally walking off a plank to believe oh. anything different and you have no idea what's on on the way down you know you feel like you are literally risking everything to turn that corner 
Yeah. Well, like walking and, a tightrope without a net anymore, you know, it's like yeah, when you exactly. had that faith, you had that net, but when you no longer have that, it's. But that net would be so narrow with that kind of faith. I mean, I don't mean to like discount yeah. other people's faith, but that net is so narrow. Like the idea of hell and the idea of what, ha- like how you get there. It's just, it's, I mean, I don't know how else to explain it is just yeah. bonkers. Well, like all of it. Remember- and it's so, I don't, I can't, I cannot understand it. I don't, I never, my brain has never thought that way. I'm not, I can't. Right. I can't, I cannot consider the idea of that, like, there is this place that is eternal, and, you know, God is, I I don't, I don't, I've never understood, like, putting God, like, human emotions, emotions onto God, like, jealousy and Mm -hmm. petty things, Mm -hmm. and, like, this idea of God being, like, "Mm, nope, like, you know, like, that's the the opposite of, like, being merciful and in the opposite of love. I truly think everything comes from either fear or love and all breaks down mm-hmm. to it. Everything is either fear or love. And I feel like so much of like this, you know, um, organized religion is so rooted in fear when it can Absolutely. be so beautifully rooted in love. And that's where it's yep. just, it gets me. Yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying, Nicole. And it also, I mean, it just kind of makes me think about the fact that we have, a gendered God as well. Like if, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, why are we putting all of these person uh, qualities, characteristics onto yeah. something that's supposed to be omnipotent? And why does this thing have a gender or a sex assigned to it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a really man. like chill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then the whole racial aspect. I mean, all of those things. It's like, why do you think that we do that? You, you guys, you gals, you bitches. Because Oops. the ones who started the, these laws and stuff, they married God after. Instead of us being, you know, mirrored off of Him, His, God, I can't speak. Us being mirrored off of Him, His image, we mirrored Him off of ours. You yeah, know, I think. Well, I guess. People Jealous have always done perfect. that, right? I mean, I guess in, in lots of ways, like even in like ancient civilizations, they've always done that, right? I mean, like sure. certain gods were, you know, the gods of war and the gods of beauty and the gods of, mm-hmm. you know, all of these like petty little human emotions, right? I know, they keep trying sort to name of... the god of beauty after me. Oh. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <go ahead. laughs> I feel That's like there's almost a way to sort of... Uh, find reasons for human behavior yeah that's good Mm -hmm. yeah yeah can i can i offer an example i love that yeah okay so you guys need to look this up when we're done here there is a rembrandt painting called the prodigal son have you ever seen this uh, I will have in one second. <laughs> it's basically, if I'm just going to describe it in raw terms, a father who his one of his sons is kind of on his knees in front of him. He's kind of he has come back to his father and he's hoping his father will accept him back in again. Yeah, I've seen it. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, <laughs> so I had a professor in college that that. Um, when this topic came up, this is what she showed me. And if you look at the the father's hands and 
his position of his hands in this painting. I think one hand is a fairly masculine looking hand and he's got it kind of plopped on his shoulder on mm-hmm. top of his shoulder. But his other hand, if you look at it close, is a very, very feminine hand. It doesn't oh, yeah. match his other hand. And it's kind of on his back, you know, kind of more nurturing. We're nurturing. Yep, exactly. And my professor, she had talked to me a lot about, you know, this this is a this this right here. And this is what Rembrandt was trying to show was these different sides of God, you know, and I think in a lot of art, actually, in this time period, there's a lot of things like this, because a lot of these artists were rebelling against the church and rebelling against these, these characterizations of God that, you know, were so limited. And, and I think that so, Eve, this book that, that really was life-changing to me, the very first thing when this guy goes to meet God is, so if you you were raised Catholic, then you were raised with the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when you you read this book, God the Father, right away, is this black woman called Papa. What what and book is this? Just so. It's called The Shack. Oh, okay. And, and so the guy walks in and, and she kind of chuckles and says, not exactly what you're expecting, huh? You know, so right away, just tears down all your perceptions of, of, you know, who we, we, cause we just, we just put all of our biases into God. I, I really think we do. And I think a lot of, of what we attribute to God is, is stuff that probably should be attributed to our parents or, you know. Yeah. And I think that our perception is is probably really, uh, you know, filtered through our cultural upbringing and our position in life. Yeah. So does this, um, so all this being said, now you know, we talked about a bit about you reconciling these things and finding your faith. Um, do you mm-hmm. mind just talking a little bit about your faith? Just maybe yeah, some, like where are you now? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I went through quite a few years where I kind of would attend churches from here, or there, or I'd find churches that kind of filled certain pieces. Um, but I had never really found somewhere that I would call home necessarily. Um, a lot of that is because, you know, for one, I was really, you know, being raised in the Christian church. So the best I felt like I could find was a church that was, you know, open to the gays. <laughs> Fortunately, after I met my wife, uh, and actually, this is the church I I I met. Um, my wife was raised; she was not raised in the church. Um, her grandmother is Catholic, and her other grandmother is is Presbyterian. But her parents were not quite as interested in in having that be their their walk anyway. 
so Ellie and I kind of came, I felt like we kind of were coming together at opposite ends of the spectrum. And so I had visited her church a couple of times and it really felt like it was, it was like coming home. It, I don't understand why I felt so emotional about it. I think a lot of it was, it's a very inclusive church. Um, there's a lot of people who are dealing with real issues or hurting and, and all of that's welcome. And I felt like I really appreciated this because I could also include some of the studies that were, I was so passionate about. I had studied Hinduism for so long and, and Buddhism and Islam and, and this church welcomes all faiths, all non-faiths. We have our fair amount of atheists in our church. It's kind of, it's a structured, our worship service, if you want to call it that, is structured kind of typically like a Christian church would be with, you know, we sing a couple songs, there's a sermon, we share a couple things. So in, in that regard, it, it's fairly common, but the belief system just really felt good to me. And I felt like I, I've always felt like I can be fully me, but I still get exposed to everyone else's thoughts and beliefs, as well as get opportunities to strengthen my own faith, you know, with, with these things. And it just doesn't feel like a threat to me. It doesn't feel like a threat to me if someone like it's doesn't. not fear-based? <clears throat> no, gosh, no. What, what church and is this? It's, it is, a, my specific church is called Harbor Unitarian Universalist congregation but so you're a unitarian universalist i am or what we like to say a you 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 so when i went to my first pagan pride festival ever uh uh-huh um i we were standing in line for the food truck and god this this was probably like 20 years ago i mean it was a long time ago um so we're standing in line at this food truck and there's this little girl in line with her mom and she's got on like her little fairy wings and all these cute little like, <laughs> you know, fun little, you know, character. So yeah, just playful. And yeah. she says to her mom, mommy, what's a Unitarian? <laughs> and her mom says, well, honey, it's the closest thing you can be to being a pagan without being a pagan. <laughs> And the little that's girl funny. says, oh, so we like them. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. That's I would so say, cute. Like, like pagans are welcome. We have pagans. So, yeah, I know. So how does that work, though, Cal? I mean, with all these different faiths under one roof, like how does sure. that work in terms of the way everybody sort of gets along and worships together? Is mm-hmm. it what does that look like? So we we have like most churches do a a you know statements about what we stand for like the dignity and worth of all human beings or you know the respect for the earth and all that live on it you know things like that that is our creed and in terms of 
religious education because a lot of times so like our sunday school would a lot of times be called religious education so it it might be like something about judaism or we're gonna celebrate you know this holiday that isn't a christian holiday and and here's what it's all about well what does it look like though in terms of like scripture at your services a lot of a lot of times like during our church service you're not going to hear any you're you're not going to hear on a lot of weeks at our church you're not going to hear the name of Jesus necessarily it doesn't mean that that there's not plenty of people there that uh, uh, um you know assigned to that you know myself included but the times that I've spoken at our church, one 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 Sunday I did a a sermon on super chickens, which is about uh, working in teams and what leadership is, and you know these topics that we have from week to week. There a lot of times they're not even a Sometimes they're not a religious topic. One thing that the UUs are really passionate about is social justice and the concerns surrounding climate change. You know, every other week at one of our churches, you're going to hear a sermon about one of those things, racial justice, racial, you know, um, you're going to hear sermons about, I I remember one of the first sermons I heard at our church was a these couple that did one about NASA and about space and and a lot of times just relating it back to how we inhabit the earth and how we live as amazing human beings and and so there's a lot of humanitarian recognition in it I believe and it's not to say if I wanted to say some Sunday I'm going to like at Christmas, I'm going to tell the story of Jesus at Christmas. That would be welcomed. Or if I want to get up there and say, here is, you know, something I want to, you know, I'm not going to preach fire and brimstone. But um, if there's a message of Jesus, which is, if you have ever read what Jesus did, it's always about social justice. It's always about writing inequities like that's how Jesus lived and so for me it's a very very small bridge between what I believe surrounding Christianity and my identity as a UU. Okay so that kind of circles us right back around to the liberal versus conservative factions. Yeah for sure. And like, I think one of the things that kind of struck me when you two were kind of talking about that earlier is that it just sort of seems like that that binary of what Nicole said, you know, some people live in out of fear and some people live out of love. Yes. Um, I mean, that just sort of seems like, I mean, that whole sort of structure seems at the at the heart of like our political system and so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems yeah. like mm-hmm. conservatives mm-hmm. live in fear, but it's true. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like conservatives tend to like 
live in fear and like make decision ba- decisions based out of fear. Whereas I feel yeah. like liberals tend to base their decisions out of like empathy and love and like giving a shit about people. Absolutely. And that's, that's where, I mean, when we talk about reconciliation and God and stuff, when I was, you know what I, the book that I read that led me to this whole fear versus love was it really put things into perspective for me at a pretty young age. I Well, not young, but like t- maybe 20, young now. But um, that it made me feel so good about things because I really felt like, okay, I really do think that when you boil down all these emotions, it really does come from either love or fear. And I feel yeah. like God would be based in love. And so things like, mm-hmm. to me, like things like the idea of hell, like you're talking fire and brimstone, all this, like, just this judgment, and that just, it never, it doesn't fit into what I think of God. Like, I don't know if you mm-hmm. want to talk about that, Callie, or if that was part no, of your I, process, or? Yeah, no, I, and I agree with you, and if, if I, I mean, I could talk about this forever, and we could yeah, boil I, down Bibles of the verse, Bible verses, and all this stuff, but for me, here's what hell is for me. Hell for me is is the complete absence of God and his love. And what where I believe is I can never be outside of that. And so it's something that I just don't worry about. I worried about for a long time. But, but it's not like a place. Is it like no, you're, it's, you're not assigned me, something not. at the for end. Me, yeah. No, for me it's not. It yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't once, you know, that's what it was when I was young. And I was doing everything I could do to avoid that place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that's not what I, where I am today. And it's not what I believe. And I feel comfortable with that. And yeah. that's what's hard is when you go to sleep at night or not sleep at night, do you really, can you really, you know, say I've reconciled that to where I'm not driving myself into an anxious mess all the time. And that took me a lot of years to get yeah. there. Yeah, that's remarkable that you did being so, like, surrounded by it. Because I'm not even surrounded by it. But once I did, I mean, and once I really kind of, oh, are we crunching? Um, Once I did, like, experience that and that feeling, that like, just that, I, I don't know, once I came to this conclusion, I felt so good. And I've sat with mm-hmm. that for years now. And it's. I mean, I've had conversations with people who are, you know, involved in, like, more organized religion and stuff. And it's a, it's a scary place. Like, it doesn't even yeah, seem... Yeah, it really is. I don't see anything beautiful about it. Like, God wouldn't... It's It seems it's judgmental and scary and... Uh, yeah controlling and weird and I just I don't get it I under I don't I don't associate those things with God for me mm-hmm. right well I also like kind of wonder I mean if if God is scary and so judgmental and so fucking mean I'm sorry Stacy I'm sorry so mean <laughs> it's fine um why would you even want to go to that heaven and how is that heaven yeah it well, do you know what I'm saying? Chill. Like that's does a not seem chill. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's really Eve about, you know, if 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 I were God, then what you're telling me I would have to do is I would have to pick between Lizzie and Caleb and Silas. And yeah, say, you well, did you tell two that. Are good and, yeah. And you aren't, you know. And how yeah. in the world could I do that as a loving you know, parent? Uh, let me tell you. Uh, my mom had a cube mate at her work, who uh-huh. one of these evangelicals, 
who actually did think that about one of his kids, that oh she was gosh. not heaven and the rest of the family was going to be saved on yeah. the apocalypse day, rapture, the rapture. They were going to be, so he, so only one of the, the kids, the one daughter that he is sure is not going to get into heaven. Yeah. She has all of like the passcodes and everything to their bank accounts and everything. Oh my gosh. But the yeah, other, one, uh, because the other one's going to be raptured. Can you imagine being that child that isn't going to be raptured? I mean, but the, how, like, at that point, you would thing. just get there where you're like, "Fuck it, like, fuck that guy." You know what? And here, here's the crazy part. Could you imagine being a parent and actually believing that, and actually believing that your child, the the being that you love more than anything, instinctually, that that isn't gonna be there like and and how it just doesn't even i'm sorry if that is what it is i don't want any part of it right kind of what i came to is if this is who you're telling me that god is i don't want anything to do with him that's totally what it came down to for me i think callie in general like with religion i mean for sure the whole idea that I can be a good person throughout my life yes, and, and do the right things and love. And and none of those things matter if I don't say Jesus is my Lord and personal Savior. Mm-hmm. That's fucking nuts. Like and, what kind- and you know, the thing that Jesus would do in his lifetime was all the religious people who were saying that crap, he was saying, you don't get it. You don't get it. You're a whitewashed wall, which is a reference to a grave that looks pretty on the outside and is rotten on the inside. And and when the prostitute came and said, hey, and he's, he said, you know, she's got more faith than any one of you will ever dream of having. And like he would constantly, oh, you're the most outcast guy of the group. I'm going to be your friend. And that is the complete opposite of what the church is and what yeah. the Republican Party is. Yeah. And that's how, that's why for me, I get literally infuriated when I yeah. see some of these Republicans spouting Bible verses and stuff. I, I, oh, it makes me fucking insane. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess, the, I mean, what's really cool when you talk about Unitarian is, you know, I guess the whole point maybe of like what I'm gaining from this conversation is like your reconciliation came in form of like home and finding a safe yeah. place to be and land and grow and become who you are, which you're amazing. And I think that's awesome. And I, you know, I mean, I would absolutely love to check out a Unitarian church. Yeah. At some point. Well, and, and, and let me point out one small piece that I think is really key for me in this is because this is a place that I can fully reconcile my faith with my wife too who yeah comes from the opposite end of the spectrum and and I don't you know the way I was raised was that I should never marry someone who is not a Christian who is not you know I should never I should never do that I should never marry someone who doesn't yeah. hold my same belief because that would just be the struggle of the lifetime yeah. You know. Well, they probably didn't like the woman part either, but go ahead. Oh, well, yeah. That, <laughs> you know, know, there's that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, Kelly, I mean, on that, I mean, 
I guess, I guess that's one of the things that I really, again, am struggling with just about Mm -hmm. religion, organized Mm -hmm. religion in general. And, and it is what you just talked about, like that idea of that being the most important thing, right? Sharing a faith. I mean, you can share faith with a lot of people, right? I mean, like Mike Pence supposedly is a Christian, right? So you supposedly (laughs) share faith with that person. Yeah, no. I'm not trying to be a jerk. (laughs) I'm really just struggling with this understanding because, you know, you know what I'm, you know where I'm coming from with that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, again, if, if I filter him through my Christian belief, I go right back to you will know them by their fruits and how they live their life and what they do and the actions they take say all you need to know. You don't have to listen to a word that comes out of that man's mouth. And I think, and here's the, the crux of, of, of why I think this is, you know, how does Mike Pence reconcile following Donald Trump, who does not stand for anything that Jesus Christ stand for? I mean, think about this. When Jesus is on his way into Jerusalem, the king of the Jews, you know, he rides in on a donkey because it's humble. Donald Trump. Or you, he was a Democrat. You know, exactly. He's for (laughs) the people. He's saying, when he does that, he's saying, I'm associating with the poorest among you. I'm not trying to be a king. You, all you kings and, and, and religious leaders, you don't get it. That's what his whole life was about. And so when it comes to these Republicans of today or these, whatever they, they want to call themselves evangelicals, whatever they, this is about Donald Trump is a strictly a transactional president. They don't give a shit what he does, what he thinks, what he feels. If he's in power, that means we can appoint judges. We can destroy the freaking Supreme Court so that we can make abortion illegal. Those are the transactions. There is nothing outside of that. They don't care who is behind any of those transactions. That's how they justify it. I guess so. I mean, it kind of comes back to the idea, though, like how do you elevate this one thing above all others right i mean mm-hmm, and i'm talking about mm-hmm. specifically abortion right i mean yeah regardless of how you feel about abortion and i'm not speaking yep. to you you i mean the royal yeah, you, yeah 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 um regardless of how you feel about abortion you can be as against abortion as anybody but like the things that this that the occupant of the white house does not just says, but does, are so the opposite of anything good <laughs> or kind, yeah, but- loving. You know, I it just I don't understand how how one can rationalize kids in cages at the border. Right. Um, well, think about this: if you're, say, you're Bernie Sanders, and and you know. And AOC is going to be president, and it guarantees we're going to have universal health care. It doesn't going to matter what the hell she does. If we get universal health care, you can justify about anything. But 
that's sort of the thing. I mean, you couldn't justify genocide in the sake of healthcare for all, right? I well, mean, you couldn't. You couldn't. But, but other people but looking you're not to thinking could. Thinking in the same rationalization. There, these are radical. This is these are radical. Think these are radical thoughts in that you are taught that you will be persecuted. You will not have the popular opinion. And when you are being persecuted, you know you're on the right track. Oh, that makes sense, actually, Ben. So if, if, if the world is moving left, which it is, look at our so-called Supreme, conservative Supreme Court right now, who just ruled in favor of trans thing you know and i'm not saying there's not bad decisions being made but you would have thought that we would have lost a couple of these decisions yeah and 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 but the world is moving left and here's the thing what i can't figure out and this is this is throughout history the conservatives are always on the wrong end of history always think about it always always they tried to keep black people from being free they tried to keep women from being able to vote they tried to keep black people from being able to vote every time they try to keep movement, gay people from getting married i know interracial having, marriage everything you all i don't time. get it yeah. and so <clears throat> when evangelicals are told that you're the ones who are trying to hold on you're our only hope for our conservative values to prevail and they do are doing it in the name of god that is powerful you guys you what are you i mean i I mean this with no disrespect but when you're going out to vote you're not going out to vote for god right you're going out to vote for something for all the people who live on the or live on earth yeah you're not going out to vote in the name of the most high. You know, it's, it's a different, I, I, maybe that sounds a little bit dramatic, but no, it makes so much sense. So that actually does like these transactions, these judges being putting 300 judges across the United States that would potentially screw up Roe versus, versus Wade. They will uh, accept anything to put that in place. Because no, even if they're doing wrong to get it, the, their mission is the right. And of course, justify they'll be- the means. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that I, I, and, and come when I try to think through being a Republican and some of the things that I would really think about a lot. You know, that's that's what I think a lot of folks do, especially in the name of Jesus. And I I watch someone like Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz's Twitter when they tweet their Bible verses and which are just and and a lot of times all I think is, yep, you you know what you're doing. You're trying to ease your own conscience and it, it and it doesn't it doesn't it's never going to feel right because that's not who Jesus was and and anyone who has followed Jesus 
you're not going to be able to reconcile that with what the Republican Party is doing. And I'm sorry for saying it that bluntly, and I'm probably going to turn off some of the people who are listening, but that I don't is think just... We... <laughs> We have a Republican following, so I think, okay. I mean, I didn't know. There might be some, you know, rhinos out there. Hey, but I turned them off a long time ago. Okay, good, good. I feel like I'm in the clear then. So, so anyways, I guess that's just kind of my feeling on, on really how, if, how one could get there in trying to justify, you know, supporting Donald Trump and his corrupt family. Listen, I appreciate the insight. I'm not, you know, I'm sorry if it seems like we're putting you on the spot and making you answer Christians everywhere, particularly the brand of Christian that you aren't. But I mean, it it is helpful to have that insight for somebody from the outside to, you know, Mm -hmm. to talk to somebody from the inside to sort of have Mm -hmm. that understanding, I think, because it's, it's clearly a, a way of thinking that I don't really understand, even though I do yeah. understand it in certain ways, right? Like, I mean, I'm definitely religious about politics, right? Yeah, for sure. So, yep. yep. You know, I mean, yeah, I, for sure. I treat that kind of stuff in a religious way, maybe, um, maybe less faith-based, more right. oh. <laughs> of a ritual way. Yeah, yeah. More ritualistic, yeah. but. All right. So then I still, Callie, don't understand then how, is religion not a cult? I mean, all of these things that we've talked about, it just, it still seems really culty. Yeah. Yeah. So I've thought a lot about this since we talked last week and I don't have a very good, like, oh, no, religions are cults answer because I think that like most religions as in their beginnings are that is exactly how they're labeled um and i think that what labels them as that is 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 strictly something that deviates from what's mainstream at the time and so i think a lot about um something like mormonism where uh, uh, Christianity is is a mainstream religion, but Mormonism is considered a cult until it has survived its first two or three generations. And then I think once the mainstream accepts it as a religious movement, as opposed to a cult, that that's when the 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 shift begins. But is that I think true that though? Most... Because I mean, Scientology is a mainstream religion, but it's yep. still a cult. Yeah, and, it's and still I rather new though. It's kind of new. I, I I and I and I and I definitely think there's other factors, but I would say what will we see Scientology as, you know, fifty years from now, or another generation or two, or hopefully is not existent. I'm hoping not from what I've learned, you know, lately. And and I know that there's always, I think that with a lot of different things, people are, people find solace and they find refuge in different belief systems. And it seems to be that there's always someone there to fuck it up. You know, there's always someone there that, that takes the, 
the strength to an extreme and that becomes the weakness. And so I, I feel like Scientology, maybe there's some things that are really cool and things that really resonate with people. But then when you've got some narcissistic leader who is, is trying it, and, and also why do you have to pay? Why do you have to pay for this freedom? This well, I mean, all, mind churches, and... all churches ask for you know, some sort sure. of yep, a, a tithe, a tithe, and, right? And and I and I do think you know, I I firmly believe that in my own church, and I see the benefit, I see the value in contributing, I see directly what I get out of my tithe. I I don't feel. I feel like it's 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 a very worthy place for my money, I, and and it's not an exorbitant amount, you know. But some of these of these things, we're talking about your life savings. Yeah, Scientology you know, is very expensive. Yes, it is very yeah, yeah. expensive. The class is the loan. Yeah, and 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 it's 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 kind of like I remember when I studied martial arts, and I'm not going to name any of these styles, but. There's there were specific styles that if you just paid for the course, if you paid for the course and you kind of just showed up to the classes, you were guaranteed to win that next belt or to reach that next belt level. You didn't have to necessarily do anything to earn it. It was about paying the money, you know, and, and that's what when you've got religions or, or churches or leaders or whoever saying, you know, your salvation you can get to this next level if you pay fifty thousand dollars to me that that's a red flag and 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 i and i think there's you know like i think what you're trying to get at eve and may i don't want to put words in your mouth but there's a fine line between all of that stuff and it's really hard to thread the needle sometimes it's really hard to figure out i think that's true I think also that I think sometimes perhaps it's the way the followers slash sheep slash believers um, sort of maybe treat that religion and or that preacher, you know, I mean, it Uh could also be sort of that anecdotal way of the way people follow this stuff is culty you know as as, as if they are within a cult you know Mm -hmm. so maybe Mm -hmm. it is a cult and maybe not all cults are bad hmm i mean ours isn't gonna be bad ours is gonna be amazing awesome i don't know i mean i don't think i think sometimes people need some sort of like i don't know maybe cults can benefit I, I I don't know. I don't think I don't know if all I don't think all cults are bad. I think the problem comes with leadership, and it's always a creepy dude who like takes over and ruins, you know. To quote uh, Karen in Georgia, toxic masculinity ruins the party again. But I feel like yep. some cults could be like kind of chill. So maybe not all cults are bad. Maybe so, we start a cult that's not bad, and no dude's ever going to take over because we're going to erase gender from our entire religion. Or like we're going to make them three-fifths a person. I like that even better. <laughs> I like that even Which better. I feel like is why not just return the fa- Just for the first 150 years or so. or cannot vote. Could you imagine? Not forever. Wait, are we starting forever. a country or a cult? 
All of it. I don't know. I mean, let's see what it evolves into. But I feel like, you know, leadership is going to be a very, very important thing. And how, how we choose a leader and how we or how we not choose a leader. But I just feel like we give them a fifth, three-fifths so they can't fuck it up right at the beginning. Okay. Well, I have a new and improved idea. Okay. Oh, perfect. The new leader of our cult should actually be your daughter, Callie. Because oh, yeah. she's younger than the rest of us. Yeah. And we can ensure its existence well into the future. That is a... Okay, but we're going to need some contingencies. The, like, we have to be these panel of advisors. Oh, we're, listen. We're you're... still going to be the council. We're going to be like the yeah. oral council or some shit like that. So we're really going to yeah. be the ones in charge and making up everything as we go along. But right, he's going to be the face of everything. She's going to sit on the throne. And so, like, when she's out twirling her baton, we're going to be making up some freaking laws. And That's then we're right. going to say, Liz, sign this paper. That's right. And she'll be like, yes, I will. We'll and bribe then, the Petoskey Stone. Done. This is I'll a good I'll just be, plan. like, a follower. I'm chill. I just want to, like, I'll get people involved. You're I'm cool. I'll do get you know what you involved. could do? You could be, like, the undercover leader of the sheeple you are in charge of going throughout the crowd and when you see one wavering you kick them in their patoot get them back on track i will get i will i will guarantee i will get her back involved i'm very okay with that (laughs) yeah i think we can develop these roles as we go because naturally i mean we're going to be making up the rules so when we have council meetings we'll be developing Yeah, I mean, and the rules are that there are no rules except for rules that we set. And then if we want to change the rules, then we can. So there's the rules. Then we change them. Right. We just don't want it to be like, you know, well, this is a more of a boy problem, too. Like Lord of the Flies-ish, where we start, like, (laughs) against each other and breaking off. (laughs) It'll be be Evie and I, like, on opposite ends at war. And I just, I'm already stressed out over it. Have you guys watched The 100? Yes. I love the 100. <laughs> and I feel like, like, so like, Nicole, like, you're already going all Octavia on us. <laughs> oh, we aren't even, we haven't even been on Earth that long, and you're Octavia already, I, like, living in the freaking woods. I already have a knife strapped to my side. <laughs> it's a kitchen knife, but just in case, I have a knife strapped to my side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will come myself with it soon, but I do have one. Yeah. Eve, you gotta cool. watch the show. If you haven't watched it, you gotta watch it. Okay. I will watch it. But I'm just gonna say, I think for clarity's sake, truth be told, our cult would be harmonious. It would be about contribution and yep. working together, collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in fact, contribution, collaboration, cuntiness. I think the three C's. <laughs> the foundation of our church right i like it so like so here's the thing don't all cults start out this way don't all of them start out saying hey we're gonna live together in harmony we're gonna we're gonna i don't know that they do decide the world and and be out here in our own field so that we don't have to feel the pain of the world. 
Yeah, I think it's always that. I mean, sometimes it's okay. that fear of, you know, the end of the world can start a call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the government. Or I right. think there's it, gotta be there's gotta be an external enemy. There has to. That's a cult thing. There has to be an external enemy. White men. Uh done. Yeah. And ours. Yeah, White sure. cis men. Yep. And we have to be very careful with microdosing too. That's where cults get in trouble. When they start microdosing, be really careful about the microdosing. We'll have a scientist on site at all times to make sure that our microdoses are perfectly apportioned to our body weight and everything. Perfect. Um, Speaking of microdosing, should we get to our crushes? I don't even know where that came from, but I think that's actually a perfect segue. (laughs) Couldn't be better. Yay! Nicole, Callie, I want Ooh. to know who your crushes are. Crush. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that was quite a reaction. Gosh. Mm. That was frightening. Uh, Kelly, who is your crush this week? Sounded like the devil himself. <laughs> okay, I'm really glad that you guys picked me to go first because I feel like I'm probably going to steal both of yours. But I've got to go with our first lady, Michelle Obama. Ugh, love yeah. her. Yes. She knocked it out of the park last night. The whole thing with the DNC, and I was listening to all the hype, and oh, we just can't make any major mistakes, and blah, blah, blah. And Michelle Obama got up there and let us remember what we are supposed to be hearing coming from the office of the presidency and it was so refreshing and I just really appreciated the fact that she was the headliner last night and she knocked it out of the park I agree Uh, can I I I just want to ask a question I'm just wondering how long do you think it's going to take before Melania uses uh, Michelle's speech Oh, it's going to be like T-minus a week because when the RNC's convention is, but she's going to add hashtag be best on the end, <laughs> which who the fuck knows what that even means. Be what, best. Like seriously, be best. What the fuck? Yeah. Best? Sorry. Uh, sorry. Agree. Um, all right, I'll go next because I have been needing like real politicians in my life. I have been rewatching mm. The West Wing. Ah, yes, love let's it. hear it, Nicole. I'm so excited. I love the fantasy. Obviously, my crush is Allison Janey for CJ yes. for fucking West Wing. Yes, I love her. I love the West Wing. I love the whole show. I lo- even Josh Lyman and Donna, all of them, the whole show. Josh Lyman on Twitter, Bradley Whitmer is super. Yes. The whole show. I mean, it is so good and brilliant. And um, my girlfriend Elizabeth Moss. I, although we do have issues with her being a Scientologist, but Elizabeth Moss <laughs> in it. Um, yeah, exactly. It's such a good show. I cannot recommend it enough. Like it is so smart, and it, I don't know. Yeah. I just love it. And um, Nicole, CJ, amazing. Nicole, have you listened to the West Wing podcast that nope, Josh, when I Joshua Molina does? And um, when I finish, I'm going to. You've got to. And and if you want, I will sync up and watch the episodes with you. I'm always up for a West Wing marathon. It's I, the best show ever. I love it. I love it. I have Eve, I'm Eve, are you a West Wing fan, Evie? 
Evie? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Are we the only ones on here? Yeah. Where the hell did Evie go? <laughs> She probably dropped off. Oh, I'm right here. Ago. Where did you go? I accidentally muted myself, and I have been commenting this whole time. <laughs> All right, well, we need to absolutely start over again. But no, no, I think it's good. I I, I love like, the... Wait, how long has she been gone? 10 minutes? <laughs> I don't think it's good, Evie. You've been gone for like 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, oh, I, I think it's hilarious. All okay, right, so I'll start. Hold on. So. And CJ is like, she still kind of keeps them in check, even though they're like progressive. There's certain things that they do. Ooh, ooh, oh my God, I have another one from the West Wing, but I have to use next week, probably. But just in case, I'm going to do a two parter. Uh, Mary Louise Parker, yeah. her character in the West Wing, oh too. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, Amy, what is her name? Amy, I don't Amy. know. She, you know, the actress? Yes. Oh. And she always puts him in a bad spot because she charges right ahead and then's like, "Oops, sorry." Yeah, she's like, um, she she heads like a couple she different. So groups. awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. But yeah, West Wing, into it. West Wing, into it. All right. Well, my crush this week is a little bit more personal, Ooh. and it is my dear friend Antonia Huber. Who, uh, she just had a birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And we call her Tone. And she is actually the other half of the dynamic duo of JJ and Tone. And JJ was my crush a few weeks ago. And I just wanted to shout out Tone because Tone is the other half of this dynamic duo who is just amazing, kind, wonderful, who really really makes room for learning and growing Mm. and I am loving being friends with her and being able to watch her grow and learn this stuff is amazing and she's just a fucking badass kick ass babe and I love her so happy birthday happy birthday that's really awesome happy birthday and she is also a really fucking fun person to play Jackbox games with. That is 100% true. Her rap battles are yeah. pretty epic. Yeah, I can attest. Yes. So, Callie, um, I have a question. I have an answer. Do you know if there's anywhere for people, for queerdos to find us, like, on social media? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I really put her on the spot there. <laughs> well, you know, it's fine. I mean, what, what do you think, Nicole? Uh, at Queerdos on Facebook and Queer Podcast on Instagram. That's fine, Callie. Obviously, you're not following us on our socials. Um, um, we are. I am. <laughs> I am. I just hadn't gotten to the really exciting part of my answer, which was. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> we jumped the gun there. Um, right. So, okay, but keep going, Nicole. You're doing better than I was. Well, the, all I was going to say, they know where to find us. Yeah. Queerdos on Facebook, Queer Podcasts on Instagram. Um, l- please, please, please rate, review, subscribe. Leave us a good review. Um, yeah. And we retweet this too. shit. You, you followers, Ireland, I'm 
talking to you. Ireland. <laughs> you need to tweet this shit a lot. Poor Ireland keeps getting called out. Maybe we should call another country out next week. Oh, yeah. What do we... Pakistan. We had Pakistan. Hey, how about you, Malaysia? Malaysia. Yeah. Let's see. We have... Yeah, we have beer international, baby. <laughs> and, and I just think... If, you, if nothing else, if you just need to laugh and not think about all the woes of the world for an hour, these are your gals right Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Aw, thanks, So thanks, too. Thank you guys a lot for letting me come on and share and really kind of talk about my faith journey and that it's really something that's important to me. So it's nice to be able to share it every now and again. Well, so I thank appreciate you. you involving me in your in your world here. Thank you. Thank you for coming on here and being so open with us and being willing to just sort of, you know, go along with the flow of conversation and let us ask you whatever we want to ask you. I really do appreciate that. For sure. I appreciate you guys. Stay weird. Be queer. Bye. Bye. One of these days, I'm going to be TikTok famous. I just don't have any content yet. I was going to say, you don't have any content, Kelly. Nothing. Nothing. I- and-